the Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. We are starting a new series, as Pastor Rachel mentioned. It's called Spiritual But Not Religious. That's the new series. And today I'm going to be starting with Let's Be Faithful. So I don't want to be spiritual. I don't want to be religious. Let's, let's be faithful. How about that one, right? But I'm going to get into that this morning. I, I will never forget the first time that I actually heard someone tell me that phrase. They said, well, I'm spiritual but not religious. I was like, what does that mean? This was probably 10 plus years ago, and I'm sitting next to this guy on an airplane, and, uh, and we're talking about careers, and, and then he begins to tell me several of the stops that he had made in his life in the religious marketplace. And he said, you know, I was raised a Catholic, and I just felt like my questions weren't answered or, or even welcomed, you know, and I just felt like the, the worship and the rituals and the teachings didn't seem to be relevant for me, and so I just kind of moved away from that. I walked away from God. I was kind of doing my own thing, and that just was my life, you know. And then I joined the military, and I got into the army, and, and a buddy of mine invited me to go to church with him, and, and he took me to this conservative congregation, which was pretty cool, you know, but then I realized, you know, and, and by the way, he said he really liked the people there. He's like, these people are great. But, but then he, he realized these guys hold to some pretty strict moral beliefs, right? And one of them was a ban on dancing. And he was like, oh man, uh, not to mention the, the no sex before marriage, which often leads to dancing. So you got to be careful about that one, right? Uh, but anyway, so he, he was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that, you know? And, and, but it was at that time though, that he actually, he had said, you know, it was in that church. So that's when I first gave my life to Christ. I said, wow, wow, you know, and so I'm listening to this guy, and, and then uh, he wandered around and eventually got married. He said he joined the church where his wife was raised and brought up, and it's a smaller non-denominational congregation, and he described the experience as like a great big warm hug. He said it felt just so good there, right? Uh, the church didn't frown on uh, dancing, and he was told, hey, listen, it's okay to struggle with your faith. Go ahead, ask questions. We want you to ask those questions, right? But then what happened was his marriage had ended. And then he started struggling again. His marriage ended, and he, and he felt like he was banished from the church. He felt like he couldn't go back, right? And so now he said, I, I just feel like I spend my Sundays, you know, uh, you know I, either I'm sleeping in or I'm putting on some running shoes, and I'm headed through the woods, you know, uh, and taken off through the woods. And, and what happened was this became his religion. Suddenly he found himself, and he explained it this way. He said, I worship in nature. Right? Those, those were his words. He said, I see myself in the trees and in the birds and, and I find God there. And that's when I realized I'm spiritual, but not religious. And I was like, wow. And that was the first time I had heard that phrase. And, and I think he's part of a large group of Americans today who, who have stepped away from the church in favor of their own unique brand of spirituality. And in this series, what I want to do is I want to, I'm starting this today, and I, I want to go through and I want to look at all the ways that God has given us to actually express and communicate in and with and through our faith. And so that's what this series is going to be about. It, it, it's in spiritual but not religious, and we're going to look at the colors of spirituality. 
Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about chakras and auras. I don't want to look at the meaning of colors. That's not what I'm talking about. The colors of spirituality is a, a concept where you get to explore the diversity of gifts and experiences and, and how we all relate to God who is good, our God who is beautiful, and our God who is true. Some people are enthusiastic, others are rational. Some are sensory, others are sacramental and appreciate tradition. Some of you out there, you're doctrinal, you're scripture driven. Many of you just wanna share your faith. And then there's a few out there who are mystical or ascetic, and you're gonna wanna be here, you're gonna wanna listen to this as I unpack those two. But I want you to come with me, I want you to hear it now. I want you to hear this. Being in nature is not bad or wrong. Okay, please hear me. It's just one example of the ways that we connect with God. He invented all this stuff. He created all this stuff. He is the creator, right? Well, historically, as I get into this series, I just want to open this up for a minute because historically religious, right, and, and spiritual have always been used synonymously, it was like you could use one in place of the other. It's how we described all the various aspects and the concepts connected to religion. Uh, but all of that changed in the new millennium. And so that's what I want to get into in this series. So again, if you have the app, I hope you've got the app. Uh, if you don't have it, go to the app store, go to iTunes, get the Sanctuary Church uh, SCV, the Sanctuary SCV, get the app, but get it because we've got notes in there for you. We've got all kinds of stuff we want to give to you so that we can explore spiritual but not religious. Well, here's your first blank. Fill this one in. Today, spirituality is a broad concept of beliefs with room for as many perspectives as needed perspectives is the fill in the blank there. See, spirituality, generally speaking, includes this sense of connection to something bigger than ourselves. It's often referred to as a higher power. See, and, and then it typically involves this search for finding some meaning in our lives, right? Well, spirituality, this spirituality that we're experiencing can also include just about anything. It has become this universal catch-all uh, for, our, or for our lives. And when we think about the term religious, however, uh, many people are referring to the judgmental do as I say and not as I do crooked finger that points back at us that actually plagues us, right? And uh, well, here's some good news and I want you to hear this today. Jesus didn't like the judgmental crooked finger either. I, I want you to hear that. In his earthly ministry, Jesus is constantly tearing down the religious tasks and duties the, the, all the, the leaders who enforce them. He's, he's taken all that away. He's always talking about eternal life. He's talking about abundant life. He's talking about a joyful life. That's the ministry Jesus began. And, and in fact, I want to look at the words at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, how he opens up. It's kind of like his, his inaugural speech. You know, it's, this is, These are the words that Jesus opens his ministry with. So turn your Bibles to the book of Luke, please. The good news of Luke, chapter 4. Here's how Jesus begins his ministry. His public ministry begins right here. Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 18 and 19. You ready? Listen to this. Here's what Jesus, he says this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me. I've been set apart for this purpose, right? To bring, catch this, good news to the poor. Oh, that would be me, right? He has sent me to proclaim, here it comes. This is the good news. This is the proclamation that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now, I don't know about you. You take a look at that verse. That does not sound religious to me at all. 
Now, I look at, those, I look at that verse and I'm thinking, wait, so, so how are we supposed to approach spirituality? How are we supposed to live out what it is that we believe? Well, if you're here with us for the first time this morning, I want to welcome you here. I'm really glad that you're here, and I hope that you're not here out of obligation. Do you know why? Because that's religious. To be here because, well, we got to. It's Easter. It's Christmas. It's we got, we have to. It's Ash Wednesday. Whatever, whatever that is, that's, that's the religious aspect of it. I hope that you're here because I want you to hear me. Please hear me. Jesus loves you. And he doesn't want any of that for you. Did you hear what he said? I want the captives to be released, right? Jesus loves me. He said, I want the oppressed to go free. Jesus loves all of us. He doesn't want that for anybody. He says, it's the time for God's favor. And I look at that and I go, yeah, 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 yeah. So what is the difference then between this spirituality and this religiousness that I've been talking about? I'm gonna get there, but before I do, what I'd like to do is I, I wanna play a game, word association. I know we're not in the same room, but we can still do this. You, you can do this with me, okay? Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna play word association. I'm gonna say a word out loud, and right where you are, wherever you are with whoever you're with, right? I want you to just tell me the first word that pops into your mind, okay? So word association, here it is. I say black, you say how many, how many of you just said white, right? Uh, so you, you might say white, right? Watch this. I say hi, you say, probably a lot of you just said low, right? I, I don't know. I mean, this is the first word that comes to your mind. Now, those two are kind of easy. Let's, let's make this a little bit more difficult, right? Uh, I, those are pretty straightforward. Here, here's a couple more. I say vitamin, you say, oh man, some of you are like, uh, supplement, uh, B12, blah, right? I mean, there's all kinds of, I don't know what you think when you think of the word vitamin. Here's another one, ready? I say transportation, you say, now, now people are really going, wow, I bet you in your room you're hearing cars, trains, planes, I, I don't know, I don't know what came up for that. Now, I bet you those, two, those last two words brought up a lot of different answers. But here, here's the last one. Ready? Last one. Word association. I'm going to say a word. You tell me first word that pops in your mind. Ready? Jesus. What, what, what was it? What, 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 what was the first word that came in your mind? Was it Christ? Was it Lord? God? Church? The cross? The Bible? Easter? I, I, don't, I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear the word Jesus. You hear the name Jesus. What, what does that make you think of? Well, I will put money on the fact that nobody, absolutely nobody, and there's a lot of people listening to what I'm talking about right now because we're, in fact, we, we're all over the world. It's amazing. People are tuning in to this live broadcast there from all over the world. The only continent we're not on is Australia. So I'm going to be working on that next week. We're going to get a lot of viewers down, down under. We're going to try and find a way to get them all listen to us up here. All right, anyway, okay. Here's the thing, though. All the people that are watching this, I'll bet you that nobody... I'll bet you that nobody, when I said Jesus, nobody said, irreligious. But I want you to hear this. When I think of Jesus, I actually I do, I think of irreligious. That's one of the things that comes to mind. That's what I associate with Jesus. I think Jesus was probably the most irreligious person ever. Now, now I want to unpack that so that there's no confusion with our vocabulary. Let me, let, let's look at some words together, okay? So let's look at a few words. Here's the first word, religion. 
Religion is a noun, and it's a particular system of faith. You know, we're worship, right? We have worship, especially in a god or a personal god or gods, right? But it's a pursuit of a supreme importance. Now, I've heard like, you know, consumerism is the new religion, right? That's, that's religion. Here's another word, religious. That's an adjective, and it, it obviously it relates to believing in a religion, but it's also a scrupulous devotion to avoid doing wrong. I mean, we say, you know, oh, that's so religious. It's those, those stiff expectations I was talking about. It's that, that crooked finger I mentioned, right? Here, here's another one, irreligious. Irreligious, that's an adjective. It's when people aren't practicing a religion. They don't feel any religious impulses or emotions, right? It's, it's when we're indifferent or hostile to religion. Now, this is not to be confused with the non-religious. That, that's different. Those people might be called atheists or agnostics. That's, that's not what I'm talking about here, okay? And then here's this last word, religiously. We've, we've used that word. It's an adverb. It relates to and conforms with religion, right? But it's a consistency. It's when we're conscientiously regular about something. Many of us do things religiously. We go to the gym. We wash our car. We do these things re with regularity. Well, I want you to take a look at this list, and I want you to notice all the definitions of these words and, and the differences between them. So you have their religion, religious, irreligious, religiously. Now, I want you to look and I want you to think about the life and ministry of Jesus. And, and, and I realize he, he was very much, and I'm going to read this from the bottom up. Are you ready? Jesus was religiously irreligious to the religious about their religion. Did, did you just see that? He was regularly hostile to those duteous crooked fingers about how we're supposed to worship God. Did, did you see that right there? I, I want us to see that because I'm thinking that the message of Jesus was a lot more radical than we have ever seen. I really believe that than what we've been led to believe. We look at me go, oh, it's about being nice. Actually, I'm not, I'm not so sure. I, I look at the ministry of Jesus and he said, I came to divide. I'm like, whoa. Sometimes I actually think we Christians may have just missed the point altogether. When it, when it comes to the ministry of Jesus, what Jesus talked about was called good news. It was called good news, and it was called good news for a reason. In fact, fill this in on your blanks. Here's another one for you to fill in. Religious obligation and duty out of guilt is really just bad news. That's your filling bad news. I, I would contend, actually, that Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, never intended to start a new religion. I don't think that's what he came for. See, there's always been all these spiritual pathways. See, all roads lead to God. That is nothing new. I want you to know that we, we, today we're, we're mixing and matching what feels right. And so we have this smorgasbord of spirituality. But then Jesus shows up, watch this. He goes, hey, 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 this is it. I know you had all these ways that you've done things. You make golden cows. We talked about that a few weeks back, right? You make all these idols. You do all these things. You worship all this stuff. I want everybody, everybody stop for a moment. Ready? This is it. Catch this. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Nobody gets to the father, the creator of heaven and earth, except through me. Jesus pushes all the religion, the religious, he shoves it all to the sides. See, I think Jesus actually hoped to break down the very idea of religious commitments as a way to God. Up to that point, well, you gotta do this and you gotta do that and you gotta go here and you gotta know this. 
See, that's, that's what it all was. You got to burn these things. You got to offer these things. You have to do these things. That's what religion was all about. And Jesus comes in, and in his ministry, he comes with this total fresh perspective on all the stories that people knew. You got, he, he, told stories, he told the same stories. Jonah, he talked about Abraham. He talked about all the stories that everybody knew. He just brought another perspective to them, and they're like, well, that's not the lesson I ever learned from Jonah. That's not what I learned about the Old Testament. And then he comes in with a whole bunch of crazy new stories. He called them parables. He goes, hey, listen to this story, and it's got a point, so stay with me till the end. And he starts telling all these parables that people had never heard. And Jesus paints this amazing picture, I believe, of the world that God is actually looking for. And I believe it's the world that God still very much desires, a world without religious compulsion. That, oh, we gotta, I gotta go do this. I have to do this. I have to, I have to give money to the church. I, let me show you where Jesus makes his irreligious confrontation of the religious. You ready to go with me? Watch Jesus. This is the ministry of Jesus. Matthew chapter 23. Open up your Bibles. Watch this. Verses 1 through 7. Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 7. Jesus is talking to his, his disciples, right? He's sitting there talking to his disciples, and here's what happens. He wants to lay it all out for us, right? Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 7. Listen to what he says. He's talking to the crowds. He's all his disciples. He says this. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, we'll get to them in a minute, they're the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to practice and obey whatever they're telling you. Watch this. But don't follow their example because they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and they never lift a finger to ease the burden. He continues, watch, verse five, everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear these extra wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside. They always wear their robes with extra long tassels. They love to sit at the head of the table, at the banquets, in the seats of honor, in the synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplace. Oh, hello, rabbi. Oh, rabbi. Listen, Jesus makes it radically clear. He's talking about religious leadership. He's talking about religion here. And here, here's the blank for you. Jesus makes it really clear that being religious is all about the outward show. The outward show. It's when we're doing one thing in our actions and we're thinking something else in our minds. It's when we're saying one thing with our mouths, but here's what Jesus said, your hearts are far from me. I, I hear what you're saying. I see what you're doing, but you're missing the point altogether. You're, you're talking the talk, but you ain't walking the walk. Now, you look down a little bit further. I want Stay right here. Look down a little bit further and check out verse 13. Jesus is still talking about religious leaders. Look what he says in verse 13. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees. I told you we were gonna come back to that period. Hypocrites, exclamation point. Whoa, he just broke it loose, right? What is a Pharisee? What is a Pharisee? Who are these people, right? The, in Bible days, there was this group of Jewish religious leaders. And essentially, they bargain bundled rules and loaded people down like mules. That's the way I remember Pharisees. It's like, man, you just make, he said, it, you make heavy burdens on people. You don't try and help them, right? 
They are distinguishing themselves because, well, you know, we observe the traditions and the laws of Moses, right? And they go out of their way to make sure that everybody knows about it. It's, it's, I think it would be kind of like, uh, a modern day, it would be kind of like the Amish or the Mennonites, you know, where their, their, their security is in their purity. It's like, something's not right. I mean, they have these things that are really important. They're Christians, they love God, they love Jesus, but they put all their devotion into purity and remaining separate and that kind of a thing, right? Well, that's kind of like the Pharisees and, and Jesus is warning us right here. He says, listen, you gotta make sure that your actions match your words. Don't say one thing and do something else. I want you to see that. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law? I'm leaving it on the screen for you because I want you to see how this, this plays out. He says, nobody, you got to stop being a hypocrite. And I'll tell you what, nobody likes a hypocrite, especially me when it is me, right? I mean, I'm like, oh, you are such a hypocrite. I feel that when I feel it deep. Now, now's what it's going to get all kinds of crazy up in here. Are you ready? Because you keep going. Watch this. Jesus first says this sentence. I just pointed out to you in verse 13, but watch this. Then he says it again right here in verse 14 and then in 15 and then in 16 and then in 23, the same sentence and 23 and then in 25 and then in 27 and then in 29. Catch this. Jesus uses the same phrase. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law? He uses it eight separate times. In verse 14, he says, oh, you guys are so busy praying out loud because you want to impress people. And then down in verse 16, he goes, you blind guides. You, you know what he's talking about there? He, it's where we get that phrase, the blind leading the blind. He, you're a blind guide. You can't even see where you're going. And then he continues, look at verse 23. He says, you're all nitpicky about certain aspects of the law, but then you forget about, you're ignoring justice, mercy, faith. Oh man, I'll tell you what. It seems to me Jesus is just a little peeved at the religious obligations and duties that are being pressed down onto people. So you know what? I don't want to be religious either. I'm getting there. Jesus describes it all with beautiful detail, elaborate detail. Remember earlier, he said, man, you guys like to get all dressed up. You like specific parking places. You like sitting at the head of the table. You make sure you look a certain way. It's all self-importance. This is your next blank. Fill this in. When we teach through our words and actions, when we teach our religious ways, here it comes, we become religious leaders. Eight different times, Jesus uses this phrase, what sorrow awaits you. And each time, he gives even further detail of why he can't stand all the religious burdens that are brought on to people. Every single time. Look at him down here in verse 26. He says, you're so busy washing the outside of the cup, but the inside of the cup still got residue all over it. You, you're, you're busy with the outside, but the inside's all dirty. Look at this. In verse 27, he says this. You're like whitewashed tombs. In other words, listen, you paint the inside of the tomb, but you're still going to have decaying bodies. So you can make it look all nice, but the problem is there's still death inside. So listen, 
yeah, we, we gather. As Christians, we gather. We're, we're reading our Bible. Sometimes we're even studying it, right? We're studying our Bible. You know what that's called? Connection. It's called affection. It's like I understand what pleases God. And again, we're gathering. That's devotion. That's how we're, we're giving an expression to what it is that we believe. Please understand me. Jesus went to temple. In fact, that very verse that we read this morning in Luke was Jesus standing in temple. He went to church, the church of the day. And he says, hey, listen, I gotta be with other people. This is what's happening. And Jesus gets this. He sees it. He sees it in us. And I want you to hear something. That true spirituality, this is your next blank, true spirituality requires a relationship with God. See, that community of faith that expresses that affiliation that comes with our devotion. And this isn't about duty. Please don't misunderstand. Not about obligation. It's just affection. True spirituality is a connection with God in and through the person of Jesus. In and through the person of Jesus. I want to connect with God. This is how it's done. And in the end, I truly believe that when people use that term, well, I'm spiritual but not religious, I, th I think most of the time, I think, I think what they're trying to say is, I believe in God, I just, I'm just not into organized religion. And I go, okay, now that's different. Spiritual but not religious. Well, I think what they're saying is, I just don't like organized religion, but here's the hard part. The church, the body of Christ, is part of God's plan to make us more like Jesus. That's what he's doing. So we can't just ignore it. See, because I got to sit with people that I don't get along with. I got to talk with people that irritate me. And, and then I got to hang out. With, and, and here's my problem too. Is this your problem? It's, I, I want to just hang out with those people that I like. But God says, I want you to interact with all sorts of people. All sorts of people. Really, <laughs> I think there's only one thing worse than organized religion. You know what it is? Disorganized religion. Truly, I believe that. The problem with organized religion isn't when it's organized. The problem with organized religion is when it's religious, right? Isn't that our problem? Here's these specific rules. You gotta have these regulations, these rituals. You gotta do these routines. This is the exclusive way to God. And if you don't do it this way, see, oh, there, let me get it. There it is. There's that crooked finger, right? Pointing at you. See, that's when we go, I just don't like organized religion. No, what you don't like is religious duty and obligation. I don't like it either. And if you haven't heard, Jesus didn't like it either. That's what he was attacking. And this is where our faith comes in. And it's faith in believing that Jesus is the exclusive way to God. Not all those ways, not all the list of things that I gotta do and things I gotta know and places I gotta go. You're only allowed to worship in a certain place at a certain time. No, 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 no. Jesus said, I am the way. Well, do you remember what he said? It's the verses that I brought up at the very beginning. I wanna read it again for you as we're, we're, coming, into a, we're coming into a close here. Look, what, look again how he started his ministry. Here it is, Luke chapter four, verses 18 and 19. Here it is. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. The blind will see. The oppressed will be set free. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now, when it comes to this phrase, spiritual but not religious, hey, listen, I'm actually there. I'm totally with you, right? Let's all be spiritual and not religious like Jesus. Yeah. 
He was spiritual. He was faithfully spiritual. He was regular. He was steady. He was constant in his beliefs and his actions. If you saw Jesus one day, he was the same on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the Sabbath. He was the same. And you know what? Let's not be religious. I'm there. In fact, let's be religiously irreligious like Jesus. Let's do this. Let's forget about the guilt, the shame, the religious obligations and duties. Let's, are you ready? It's, you know it's coming, right? Let's live as loved. We are loved by God. We are loved by Jesus. He wants our freedom. See, it's, it's God's desire that we stay away from drunkenness from sexual immorality, from stealing, from bitterness, all that stuff. See, God wants us to cultivate this free lifestyle. That's consistent with salvation in Jesus. If he set us free, it's for freedom's sake that he set us free. He doesn't want us to be captive. He wants us to be released. He doesn't want us to be blind. He wants us to see. He doesn't want us to be oppressed. He wants us to be set free. This is the favor of God. Jesus wants us to experience God's blessings in our lives. Now, I want to speak to a few of you out there who are not followers of Jesus. I want you to hear me, please. We were created out of love to have a relationship with God. God said, you know what? I want to have a relationship with humanity. He is passionate about this peace, really passionate. And if you're not following Jesus in these days, for whatever reason, you've, you've never said, I, I want to be a Christian. I, I'm talking to you this morning. But hear this. God loves you this much. He gave you free will. He said, you get to choose. See, I'm going to love you, but you get to choose whether you love me back. He said, you get to make that choice. And we get to choose now. We're, we're, we're free to choose who we're going to love. And for me, I chose me. <laughs> I chose me. I'm number one, numero uno. Learn that Spanish right away, right? Here's me. I, I choose me. I choose to love me. I chose selfishness, man, in every form that it came in. And you know what that's called, right? The Bible calls that sin. That's sin. And it breaks the relationship that we have with God. God said, I have a relationship with you. I want a relationship with you. Oh, you're going to do that? Then we can't be together. But he loves us. And he loves us relentlessly. He loves us so much that he sends Jesus to make the relationship right again. He goes, you know what? I, I, I got to have a relationship. Jesus, you go down. Make this relationship right with us. And so guess what? Here comes your free will. You get to choose today. You get to choose who you're going to love. Well, this God who loves us, who didn't try to burden us, who tries to set us free, we get to choose I could reconcile my relationship with God today because of what Jesus did for us. Will you choose through a trusting belief in Jesus? And that is what's called faith. A trusting belief that Jesus makes you right. You could choose that today. This is your opportunity today. Would you pray with me this morning? Pray with me this morning. Father God, I, I want Jesus in my life. I pray in the name of Jesus, whoever's with me, wherever you are, I want you to hear me. God is saying, yeah, I'll come be with you. You don't have to walk this alone. You weren't designed to be alone. We are supposed to walk this thing together. So Jesus, would you come into these lives that have said, you know what? I'm sitting here in my apartment. I'm in my house. I'm in this state, wherever you are. I'm telling you, this is what God does. He meets us where we are. The beautiful thing is he doesn't leave you where you are. 
He comes to you right where you are. Jesus, would you come into these lives this morning and be with them? Begin to reconcile their relationship back to your Father. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Here's where their life comes in. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that is your desire in your heart and in your mind. You say, this is the thing that I've been wanting. This is the piece that I think I'm missing. I say, yay and amen to you. Now listen, on your screens right now, I'm gonna put up a, I'm gonna put up a slide for you. I want you to do this. I want you to text 661-276-9090. Let us come alongside you. Just text that right now, 661-276-9090. Text that number and just text the word Jesus. Text the word Jesus to that number. We're going to send you back a text because here's what I want to do. I want to walk the next steps with you. What does this mean now that I've done this? I've prayed this prayer. What's the next thing that I'm supposed to do? How do I live this out? You said this. How do you live as loved? I want to live as loved. So text that number. Secondly, here's what I want to do. I want to pray for all of us this morning that we take in the resurrection. It's hard because a lot of us have felt some of the anxiety. You're, you're probably feeling like you're still in the tomb. huh? It's like I haven't left my house for a week. I mean, I got to go to the grocery store really quick. Listen, in Jesus' name, we are free. We are free no matter where we are. And we can be at home and we can be free. So would, would you let me pray for you this morning? I, I want to pray release of that anxiety. I want to pray a blessing on you. A blessing on you, beloved. God is crazy about you. Did you hear me? Passionately in love with you. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that as we go into worship this morning, as we sing these songs to you, that we would not only bring you a sacrifice. This is, this is what's in my heart. This is what I feel. But Lord, we would also receive from you. In Jesus' name, let it be so. Let it be done.